Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with another episode of Separation Anxiety. I'm your host, Marcus Jordan. And I'm Larsa Pippen. And today we're talking about a bunch of things, but overall, how are you feeling, babe? I feel great. I feel like this last couple of days has been so much fun. I feel like, you know, we're living our best lives. Yeah. it's uh, Obviously, it was your birthday. Now that it's all over, how are you feeling about it? You, you had a good time? I had the best time. Yeah. Um, I posted the card that you gave me with the flowers. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the tabloids picked that up. Did they? I haven't. I feel like you know it's been such a blur lately. I haven't I seen it yet. Uh, what, so what did they say? Uh, nothing. Do you remember what you put on the card? They were like, "Oh, he called her his wife." <laughs> yeah, I did. I do. I mean, I tried to make it a card from all of us. You know, mm-hmm. myself and your children, uh, just because you know, obviously they're thinking of you. Um, but yeah, I said to the greatest mom and the best wife, "Happy birthday from Marcus and Sophia, Justin." Preston and Scotty Jr. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I mean, it was so a cute, cute card. Um, that was to, so cute. You know, you're really thoughtful. You're like a card person. Uh, I'd I like to give multiple cards. You know, mm-hmm. it's an acquired thing that I learned throughout my life. Who taught you that? Uh, I don't think anybody necessarily taught me that, but it's just my way. You know, I like to flood and shower people with love and, and gifts and praise. You know, oh, that's so cute. I love that for but, me. I love that for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, nah, you know, I feel like you are very thoughtful and you give great cards. I don't know. I feel like, you know, cards are 
like an essential thing to hold on to and it says like where you are in a relationship so mm-hmm. you know i don't know i feel like i try to keep the cards but i also take a photo of them keep a photo of them yeah also. i feel like a photo lasts better so yeah i'm terrible with my cards obviously when i read them mm-hmm. you know i read them and kind of take whatever i take from them and most often than not they end up in a drawer or, or a book bag or something like yeah I never really go back to them. It depends on depending on who they're from. You better you know? keep all my cards. I keep all your cards, but like you know, you you, re- yeah. you rarely go back to like. Yeah, that's got. Um, it's kind of why it's good to just take a photo of it and then you have it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so let's jump into it, Marcus. How would you describe being raised in the NBA? You know, I cherish my upbringing around the NBA. I feel like you know, there's we talked about this previously on the podcast that. I feel like there's a lot of great habits and traits that are instilled in you being around the NBA and playing basketball coming up. And so, um, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I think there's a lot of, you know, fond memories that I have as a kid mm-hmm. um, going to the games. But your dad didn't just play basketball. I feel like you've been around the game now, too, because your dad still has a team. Yeah. I mean, for right now, there's no telling how long that's going to be. I think they're working on a sale. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think, you know, it teaches you good habits good you know foundation I feel like but you know there's some challenges too you know my dad wasn't there all the time Mm -hmm. in terms of like for every basketball game that I had obviously he had his own schedule so but he did a good job of like Mm -hmm. supporting me while I was on the road or you know making sure he came to as many games as he as he could so did you miss your dad when he was away playing Mm -hmm. NBA games you know I think I was so young that I was doing my own thing. You know what I'm saying? Like I was yeah. trying to you were make being a kid. Yeah, I was being a kid. I was trying to hoop. I was just trying to like hang out with my friends. And so he was there as much as he could be. And obviously whenever he was home, he, mm-hmm. you know, we always hung out with him and stuff. And so I don't know. I just, I feel like I was doing my own thing and, and, you know, trying to hoop and I never really even noticed how frequent, how frequently he was on the road, you know? Yeah. When I, I think that like when you're, da- when you're used to your dad being away, it could be any, any profession. You right. just get used to that, you know, and you're yeah. used to your mom it's running the day know. to day. Yeah, yeah. You're used to your mom running the day to day. Cause I feel like my kids are used to that too. And my kids were used to like living in multiple States yeah. and going to different schools. And right. like, there's like, you know, it builds character for kids. I think when you're used to like picking up and moving or mm-hmm. like, you know, we're going to go and we're going to move to LA for two years. Well, We or never really moved that often. I was in Chicago for all of my you know childhood, but I think, you know, my mom being from Chicago and all of my cousins and, you know, on the her side of the family being in Chicago, like we were hanging out with my mom's side of the family all the time, every mm-hmm. weekend. And so I think that was another thing that like I cherished in my upbringing was just how close I was with my mom's side of the family. And now I think that we're older, you know, my dad's side of the family was in North Carolina. And so now that we're all getting older, we make sure to, you know, reach out and hang out with my dad's side of the family too. Mm-hmm. But just naturally, because my mom is based in Chicago and we were in Chicago, we spent more time with them growing up, you know? So and you have like a million first cousins. Yeah, I do. I have, we've got a big family, you know, we got mm-hmm. a big family and, uh, you know, I love all of them. I think, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a nice bunch and cast of characters. That's for sure. Totally. Yeah, totally. <laughs> for sure. And did I feel like I had to be the man of the house at a young age? You know, not necessarily for me, just because I grew up 
in, I think, the definition of having a silver spoon, you know what I'm saying? Like my mom and, you know, our support system was there from day one. So I never really had to think about leading the house or being taken charge. But, mm-hmm. you know, there were chores and tasks and things that you like. You had to my, do chores? I, I had some chores, yeah. My what mom, chores did you do? Because you very, still don't really pick up after yourself. I know. My parents were very picky about working hard to earn what you want you know in terms oh, of it. like okay. I like so that. like getting good grades you got mm, you yeah. know i can't even remember you get it's like, rewarded yeah, you get rewarded 100 yeah. bucks for an a or something <laughs> like that and like yeah. you get rewarded for working hard and so you know whether it was getting a grades or i can't remember any of the chores that i had but you know there was things my mom had us doing taking out the trash and uh things like that but um, no, nah, I never felt like I had to be the man. And then obviously my brother is two years older than me. So he kind of had to suffer through the brunt of being first and going through everything. And so mm-hmm. I got to reap the benefits of watching him and learning from his mistakes, I guess. That's so cute. And so Larson, how would you describe raising kids in the NBA? I, I loved it. Yeah. You know, I feel like I was good. I, I could handle my kids with or without my ex. Yeah. And I feel like you were, you know, you were talking about it or alluding to it, but you lived in different states. He obviously played for different teams. So yeah. how was that, like, picking up and moving? Your, did you move your entire family when he would yeah. get traded or whatever? Yeah, I feel like I'm really good at that. Yeah. I'll be like, by the way, we're packing up. And that's why I don't, like, I don't worry about the small things because I feel like since I was 21 years old, I was so used to, like, we're moving. Okay, so now I have to fly here and find a house. And mm-hmm. I have to buy furniture. And I have to, like, I was always, like, really hands-on. I was always able to, like move cross country and like set up and find my kids schools and doctors and all that stuff. And that was all like my responsibility. That's what I did as a mom, you know, Yeah, it's definitely challenging, but like I said, it builds character. Challenges are good sometimes. Yeah. Did you have to be the mom and the dad sometimes you feel like all the time? Like I would find my kids AAU teams and I would find all that stuff. Yeah. I feel like the NBA is, you know, it's a seven day a week job. It's it, not, it's, it really is. You're traveling, you're exhausted. You come back home, you need, you know, to rehab. I feel like it's a tight knit community though. I feel it's like definitely a family. you know, you know, yeah. if most f- people know each other, you know, yeah. to a degree or, you know, it's yeah, when you're moving across, you know, if you're moving to a different team, there's so many people that are there for you and they right. like welcome you and are there for you and help you like get acclimated in the city and help you in just every way. It's, it's Do you feel like it's different? The NBA community today versus like in the late nineties, early two thousands. I don't know, because little Scotty is doing it now, and right. I feel like he's hanging out with like all the players, and they invite him to dinner, and they invite him to lunch, and it's yeah. kind of like the same close-knit family, you know? Yeah. Marcus, how was your NBA experience different than Larsa's kids? Um, I think the main way that it, it's different, at least my upbringing is different than your kids, is I grew up in that sweet spot of the late 90s early 2000s where there was no iPhones and mm-hmm. you know social media and mm-hmm. so like I kind of know what life was like before the technology yeah. boom and mm-hmm. I don't think your kids I mean how Scotty Jr. was born in 2000 2000 yeah 2000 so by the time he was seven the iPhone came out you know and so yeah um I don't know. I think that's the main difference was that, you know, my parents are very private people. And so I was able to grow up with a very private upbringing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like NBA kids today uh, don't necessarily have that luxury. I mean, if you look at LeBron's son, Bronny, 
you know, everywhere he goes, there's cameras or, you know, somebody's got yeah. something to say. Obviously, you saw that they got denied at that party. It's funny because I've I You've remember I remember those days. Yeah, I remember when I was a young kid, 16, 17 years old, trying to get into whatever party was popping or whatever. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, you know, we had the luxury, at least me and my siblings, to keep our anonymity and still maneuver through certain situations. And I feel like NBA kids today, they don't necessarily have that luxury. I think it depends where you live. Yeah, Like what city, what city you play for. You know, if you're in yeah. L.A., I think everything is magnified. It's definitely different. If you're in New York, you're in L.A., you're in Miami, it's different. I think Chicago definitely is definitely Chicago. more low-key. And I think the culture in Chicago is definitely more low-key. Like, yeah. that's just the upbringing. Like, I my parents like, don't like flash. People in Chicago don't really like was, the flashy lifestyle. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like Chicago is like, it's its own... Yeah, it's its own culture. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like, you know, you could be like super successful in Chicago and you would never know Mm -hmm. because people there don't need to show their success. Yeah, for sure. Whereas others, you know, other places, I feel like it's definitely like people drive fancier cars in different places and they're broke. Yeah. So sometimes, you, you know, I don't know. I think it's really good to like be in a place where like it doesn't really matter what you have. And Mm -hmm. it's like the good things, you know, that really matters matter. Yeah. For sure. What do you think is different about, I mean, obviously you don't know anything about my upbringing, but what do you think the difference is today for NBA families versus 30 years ago? Well, I just feel like you really can't, like your kids are, your kids are going to see everything that you do. Yeah, It's hard to avoid, you know, NBA trials and tribulations, you know, because your kids are very much a part of like, I mean, look what happened to us. Your dad said one thing and it was everywhere. And we had 5,000 calls over that. That's true. So I feel like in today's world, it's just like if your parent is in the NBA, your parent has to know like whatever they do on and off the court is going to be judged at school. You know, was it Chris Paul that was talking about his son Uh, or his daughter? Somebody said something to them at school. I just, you know, I think it's harder when social media has really destroyed so many lives. Yeah, it's it's Like I love it. It's like a curse and a blessing, but like it's definitely got some, you know, a little bit of curse to yeah, it. Yeah, I, I agree. There's pros and cons for sure. Yeah. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But We Loved is a podcast about queer history. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, your host. Growing up, I thought being gay was the worst thing I could ever be. The gay history I learned was tragic. Jerry had died of AIDS, and it's like, what is happening? It was survival. 
That's why it's called survival sex. But as I interviewed queer elders, I realized there was another history that I had never been taught, a history of courage and perseverance. I wanted to take control of my story and not be ashamed of it. And it was a history full of love. The joy we found in saying husband again and again and again was incredible. And while learning this new queer history from my elders, I realized they had so much wisdom to pass down. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. For My Heart Podcasts, I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and this is But We Loved. Listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts What are your beige flags? So a beige flag is something that's neither good nor bad, mm -hmm. but makes you pause for a minute when you notice it, but you still continue the relationship. So tell me what's like a beige flag for you. You go first. Uh, I feel like a beige flag for me is like, and I've talked about it before, my biggest pet peeve is somebody not knowing how to chew their food or smacking, you know? And but so, is that really like a 
No. I feel like it has to be a little deeper, Marcus. It can't be just be like something so superficial. Nah, I feel like that's can't you can't you fix that? No. So, uh, hell someone no. eats, can't you be like, hey, close your mouth while you're chewing? No, it's, a lot of people can't fix that because you innately go back to I feel really? like what you're comfortable with. And so for me, I, I think that's a beige flag. I'm gonna notice it, I'm gonna what? pause, I'm gonna consider, you know, what what move do I wanna take next? But no, nah, I think that's a beige flag for me. What, what would you what's an example for you? Um, I feel like if someone isn't good with money. True. I like that. Because I feel like if like you're going to be with someone as a partner, you want to make sure that they're responsible and they know how to navigate through life in a responsible type of way. Yeah. Because there's so many people that I know that go into relationships and then they find out that their spouse is in debt. Yeah. And that yeah. is the worst situation you could be in. That's a good one. I'll give you another one. I think a beige flag is someone that can't manage their time properly. Oh, I agree. You know, someone that like mm. goes out all the time. And doesn't handle their responsibilities. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. I think that's a good one. Like, you know, partying yeah. all the time, wants to go out and be in the social scene all the time, but isn't really making progress in their personal life or in business. So but you have to grow. I feel like you have to yeah. grow as a person and like, don't do the same things you were doing last year. Every year should be like a new, better version of yourself. You know, yeah. would a beige flag be if, you're having sex with a guy and he keeps his socks on. Yeah, that's annoying. That's annoying. Hell. Yeah, for sure that's annoying. So socks off. Definitely socks off. Yeah, I feel like everything what? I feel like everything has to be off. Yeah, I'm not about the socks. Or eventually off. off. Okay. Right? Would it be like if you were with a woman that had a hairy like situation? <laughs> situation? Yeah. Um Okay. Have you ever been with a woman with a hairy situation? I mean, yeah, there's a you know, there's do guys wide like variety that? out there in terms of Do guys in terms like that? Because I feel like when I've seen stuff like that, I don't like that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like for me personally, mm-hmm. um, there's been phases, you know? Like it doesn't necessarily completely turn me off, mm-hmm. but everything's gotta be well kept. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be well groomed. You can't be the runway's gotta yeah, be. You can't be looking like the sixties and seventies out here, like vintage oh, Afro my vibes. Gosh. Like nah, it's not the vibe. You gotta for me. keep it gotta keep it clean yeah. down there for sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay, so when you start dating someone, when can you start being yourself? So I feel like there's like the phase of like we're both gonna pretend like we're perfect. Okay. And you say this you say all the right things even though you don't mean them. Okay. And then but I think like after like four months the first three months is like hocus pocus. Yeah, you just 90 like, days. Yeah, I think the first like you know the first thirty days you're basically both acting like everything is great and I don't care if you talk to other people and I don't care if you go out and I don't care. So it's like you're you know you're pretending this and that, but I yeah. think like the later part of that. So after thirty days, mm-hmm. maybe even sixty days, at sixty day mark, I feel like you start like setting boundaries okay, and being like, you know, I don't like when you do that. And I don't like when you do that. And then there's like nine months into the relationship where you start questioning, like, do I really want to be with this person? Okay. Do we have enough in common? Can we get through the hurdles? But I I feel like for me, a year to be with someone is a long time. Like a year, I need to make a decision. I'm not one of those people. I have friends that literally will waste three years in every relationship and then realize he's not the guy. And I'm like, you could have just asked me. I would have told you he wasn't the guy, by the way. Like, yeah. I could have saved you so much heartache and, like, furniture. And, like, True. they'll move in together and they'll play house. And at the same time, like, one person wants to have a baby and the other person doesn't. Yeah. Or one person is, like... I feel like I'm always a version of myself, when I, even when I start dating. Like, I don't know. I've always, like, maneuvered into a relationship, like, wanting to be myself at the core. Just because I feel like at some point... The, the layers are going to peel back. And mm-hmm. if you're not being authentic, then, you know, you're going to be exposed, you know? Totally. So, That's a very mature way of approaching it. Yeah. So yeah. I know if, you, if you're if you not rocking with me from the beginning, then 
most often than not, you're out of there. You know, I feel like people are in different places, right? So I feel like a lot of times people bring their insecurities and other stuff that they've experienced in their old relationship into their new relationship. That's true. So sometimes you kind of have to go in and like, you know, lay it all out there. Yeah. Like I, you know. At what point do you start letting loose? Like, for example, using the bathroom with the door open or something like that. Never. I know. I feel like you are so guarded this, with some, with stuff like that. We just talked about this yesterday. One yeah. of the cast members on our show was talking about how she likes to poop, like, with her husband. That's insane. Like, that That's is insane. so disgusting to me. Like I There's been times I, where I feel like I've gone to the other side of the house. Like, I'll leave the whole house. Yeah, you're to ready to the leave bathroom. the floor. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't. Talk to me more about that. They use the bathroom side by side? Kind of, yeah. Or like one person will be going to the bathroom number two and the other person will be in the bathroom. But like that's, for me, I can't even pee without the water running. I know. That's so funny to me. I think and that's something And I just don't that, like that. I don't know. That's like too too close for comfort. I think at first when we first started dating, I was making sure like, you know, that I when I peed, I had the door closed. I feel like I've, I've maybe relaxed a little bit on that. Yeah, no, you have. I but feel I, like, a, <laughs> I, feel like I, I can like, go to the bathroom I don't like to anywhere. be that comfortable with anybody, by the way. I agree. I agree. Like, don't get that comfortable with me. I don't Number like one it. is okay. I won't. Number two is you need to do that in, like, Even number two. one, you're sitting on a toilet. It's nasty. Like, for you, it's not cute. Yeah, for you, you're sitting on the toilet. I'm, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, for me, it's not cute. I feel that. I feel that. And so what is your toxic trait? I learned this from one of my really good friends back in the day. Okay. I feel like if you really want to know what someone's about or on, you got to kind of go through their phone. <laughs> it's a toxic trait. I'm that not advising this. definitely a toxic trait. Well, I'm not advising this for everyone because be prepared. It might be ugly. It might be traumatizing. Yeah. But I definitely like to look through, I don't like to look through like my kids' phones or my girlfriend's phones. I know friends that love to go through other people's phones. That's I'm not so like that. That's so weird to me. That's... I, I literally had my boobs reduced and I had a girlfriend take me to get my to get my surgery. Yeah. When I woke up, I was trying to get on my phone and I was blocked out of my phone for over an hour because she tried to get into the phone that many times. See, I think that's, there's something, there's something wrong with that. That's definitely, there's definitely something wrong with that. So that's your toxic trait is that, you know, when you're with somebody, yeah, I want to go through through their their phone. phone. I want to see what you're about. I want because people, people like show you a version of them, but not their entire thing. And I like to know what I signed up for. That's true. I guess that's true. And it's fine. And and I'm willing to take whatever's on there, but just like, like, you talk about a dangerous game. I think that's a dangerous game to be going through somebody's phone. Cause you got a warrior. you got to be I'm ready for anything and everything at that point. That's fine. I feel like, you know, people today keep so much stuff in their yeah, phones. That's why you want to go through it. <laughs> Ladies, that's why you want to go through yeah, it. That's your trait. I feel like I've never, I've never asked to go through your phone. I'm I not really the phone someone guy. Like, I was like, dating someone a couple of years ago and I would go to sleep and he would unfollow everyone from Instagram. Now that's wild. You've told me that before. That's insane. And he literally was like texting my dad, my kids, DMing everyone and just being like, I want to talk to you about your daughter. And that was kind of a lot. That is sounds that like was a lot. that sounds like way too much. I mean, I don't, obviously I don't yeah. know what your relationship. Maybe was I with picked that person, up their toxic traits. I don't that's know. What it, that's what it is. Other people have good, made you good, toxic. But it, but look, I feel like if you want to be in a relationship, you have to be honest and open with people. And yeah. like a lot of times, people don't like that honesty. Yeah, I feel like in previous relationships too, my exes or whatever have wanted to go through my phones, and so maybe that's what's turned me off of mm-hmm. like trying to go through somebody else's phone because I feel like. Yeah. You know, you either you either with me or you not. You know what I'm saying? I don't need I'm to with necessarily. You just want to see your phone. <laughs> yeah, no, not necessarily. You. I mean, look, we got the same passcode on our phones. We actually. do have the same passcode. You yeah, know, I, I don't think we can say what. Obviously, we're not going to say what it is. But yeah. I think you know. Yeah. I'm not afraid for you to go through my phone. Either. I know. I like I like going through your phone. Sometimes. Maybe one of these days I'll go through your phone. 
You go through my phone too. I'm going to go through that OnlyFans and see what's popping you, on there. You, as you should. <laughs> as you should. I'm very I'm transparent and open with my life. And so the next question is, have either of you ghosted someone? I've definitely ghosted I've someone. I've definitely ghosted some, some people yeah. too. I mean, guys and girls, everybody can get it in terms of getting ghosted. Totally. No, for sure. I feel like when you're talking to a lot of people and then you meet someone that you like and then you have to start ghosting, you have to start unloading some of the... Yeah. roster it's like too many people on your team have you ever gone on a date like met somebody and you know not necessarily hooked up but like had a vibe y'all you know party to the wee morning of the hours or something like that and then just all right deuces never talked to him never saw him again yeah yeah i think i've done that a lot too because then there's also certain times like you're at a party or mm-hmm. an event a uh, festival or something like you might catch a vibe for like a weekend or, or a yeah, day or can, two. Yeah, it could be a Coachella vibe, yeah, but not like a life vibe. It's not, it's not, you, you don't take that back into your personal life. And yeah, so, I feel like that um, happens a lot. And also, I feel like a lot of, you know, given who I am and my dad, people love my dad, right? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like every time we're out, I always get at least five people that come up to me and say, oh, you know, I met your dad here. Or you I, have a or, lot of stories. You know, there's always somebody has a Michael Jordan story, mm-hmm. you know? And so... There's been times where, you know, I'll hear people's story. I, you know, I listen to everybody, but it, if depending on what the story's about, you might end up getting ghosted just because, like, you know. I, if it's I, a guy, you're saying. If it's a guy. I feel like, you know, sometimes people well, come we, up with business deals or want to talk about certain things, and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, know the time and the place. And sometimes if it's the wrong place, then, all right, I'm, I'm probably going to ghost this dude. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, sometimes it's you're not going to get along with everyone. Yeah. That's the moral of the story. Definitely goes to some women, too. I think, uh, mm-hmm. you know, my Instagram following count is getting lower and lower and lower by the day. As it should. <laughs> As it should. Definitely doing some housekeeping. It's good. Have you ever been ghosted? How about that? I don't, I mean, a little bit. Yeah? You think it was a guy? Not a like ghosted, but like, I feel like when you tell people like how it is, I think people can't take it sometimes and they get mad and then they ghost you. I think uh, there's probably been a couple of times I've been ghosted too. I, don't, I can't recall any right now, but you know, shoot or shoot. Every shot doesn't go in. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But We Loved is a podcast about queer history. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, your host. Growing up, I thought being gay was the worst thing I could ever be. 
the gay history I learned was tragic. Jerry had died of AIDS, and it's like, what is happening? It was survival. That's why it's called survival sex. But as I interviewed queer elders, I realized there was another history that I had never been taught, a history of courage and perseverance. I wanted to take control of my story and not be ashamed of it. And it was a history full of love. The joy we found in saying husband again and again and again was incredible. And while learning this new queer history from my elders, I realized they had so much wisdom to pass down. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. For My Heart Podcasts, I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and this is But We Loved. Listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About $6 million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Should we head over to the block party? Yes, let's invite someone to our block party. Let's do it. Let's do it. Comment number one from social media says, prenup, listen to Kanye. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I definitely believe in a prenup. I think so, too. I, I think we both do. Yeah, I think it just makes things easier. You know, yeah. you don't want to have that like... Prenups can get crazy, though. 
I mean, it's fine. They can get crazy, but at least there's there's like a common ground. Yeah. There's like a common place where people can meet, and it's like, you know, it makes sense. Do you think there's ever been a situation where a prenup has ruined the relationship? Yeah, for sure. I think so too. Yeah, because I think if you like, if I marry you and yeah. I and you have like a billion dollars, yeah. And you say, by the way, I'm only going to give you a hundred thousand after 20 years. You're like, wait, what? I mean, I also. It has to be fair. Everything in life has to be fair. Look, I think it goes back to what we talked about. If you sign on no, the dotted, if no, you that sign was on the that dotted was business. line, that was there's business. no amendments at all. And so I think, oh my gosh. I think there was we we talked about it maybe previously, but there was a couple that had a wait clause in their prenup mm-hmm. where I guess if the woman was to go over 135 pounds at the during the course of their relationship then I think it was a $500,000 penalty per pound what? over over 135 what would and you so, do that to me I, you know hey I'm you know I, I don't rule anything out of a prenup but that, I thought that was I thought that was kind of that was kind of gangster I ain't gonna lie I mean, they they have cheating ones also, just so you know. Yeah, hey, you know, anything is fair game. You sign on that dotted line, you sign on the dotted line. I know, I think it has to be practical. Yeah. Like, you have to be practical, you know, and you have to be fair. Yeah. But prenups are there just to protect everyone. I don't feel like it's, you know, I, I signed a prenup when I first got married and it just yeah. dissolved. Yeah. And I feel like that was that was fair, you know? I feel that. I yeah. Feel that. So. That's the first comment. We're blocking that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one says, honestly waiting for you guys to break up so I can treat her right. Ooh. I need the username for whoever left this comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, first of all, you treat me amazing, so I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Thank you, baby. No, I think that's funny. I think, you know, that's at the whole root of this podcast and mm-hmm. separation anxiety. I mm-hmm. think, you know, there's a lot of people that don't necessarily want us to win or just are confused about our relationship. And so mm-hmm. I think that's part of what contributes to our separation anxiety is, you know, comments like this. So or I also feel you like are, making up narratives. Yeah, I feel like that happens a lot, too. But I feel like that comes with the territory, you know, mm-hmm. um, being in the public eye. There's always going to be people that make up stories, want to chase stuff for clout. I will say that I feel like since we've been together, like people that follow me probably look at your page and people that follow you probably look at my page. I feel like, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I feel like anybody that was on my page is probably already looking at your page. So, yeah, you know, so I think sometimes there's definitely I think we I know girls that post their boyfriends and don't even tag them. What do you think about that? Because uh, they think girls are going to like slide into their DMs. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean... Does that go both ways? So then does the guy post the girl but not tag her? Yeah, I guess. I guess if it's both ways and that's what, you know, mm-hmm. it go is fine in their relationship, then I don't have an issue with it. I, I don't know. I've never really, like, mm-hmm. I feel like we do a good job of tagging each other and posting yeah. each other. I feel like my entire feed is, is you now. Same. Same, um, same. So, yeah, I don't know. I, you know. I think we're doing it the right way for us. And I feel like you, people that don't have as much notoriety can get away with stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't think if I don't tag you in one of my posts, people still gonna know who you are. Yeah, I guess you're right. Okay. You know? Yeah, it doesn't work for us. But whoever's waiting for us to break up, we're blocking y'all. Yeah. Read the next one, baby. Oh my God, she has the nerves to put on Jordans. <laughs> what? What's your thoughts on that? You know, I used to only wear designer sneakers. Yeah, I know. I feel like I went through my Nike phase when I was with my ex, and I had like a whole closet full of Nike. Right. And then 
I only wanted to wear like Chanel sneakers and like Dior and right. like Louis Vuitton. And then since we got together, I feel like now you've converted me to Jordans. I'm definitely making sure I get your closet full of J's. But I think more so, you know, less about you wearing Jordans and more so you being comfortable. Because I do remember you saying yes. you've worn some of those designer sneakers and you're not happy with how, you know, they're cutting up your ankles or they don't yeah. feel as good. I used and to so, bleed for fashion. There you go. And so I feel like Jordans, you mm -hmm. know, they're more comfortable. They're Good. stylish and comfortable. And there's technology in those things. So Yeah, I think you know, I agree with you. It's all about comfort. Well, I think like being And you look great in J's, babe. Thank you. You do. You know how to rock them. Thank you. I feel like they they fit really comfortable. Yeah. And I used to literally feel like when I was in sneakers, I think if you're putting on sneakers, they have to be comfortable or why else would you wear them? Yeah, for sure. And I was going through a phase where I only wore like designer sneakers, which makes zero sense, by the way. I so just, I'm glad you, know, you converted me to J's. I got you back on Team Nike. Team I Jordan. mean, that's where I'm at. Yep, I love it. Yeah. I think that's a wrap. Yeah, you guys, thank you so much for spending time with us. We love you. We're sending you lots of love. Definitely. And make sure you follow us on social media at separation underscore anxiety underscore podcast. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next week. It sounds great. Bye, guys. Peace. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. Right. Right. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.